You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we'll discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles. Make sure to bookmark that. You can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is our no is my no huddle show co-host Les Bowen. Today, we'll discuss the Eagles rookie minicamp, the new look front seven defense, and also some pieces of schedule that's come out along with the ever changing it seems front office personnel. That just seems like one day in, one day out, somebody else is in. But first off, Les, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm not bad, you know. It's, I actually saw this yellow orb in the sky. I haven't seen it in a while. You know, it's, I think it's called a sun or something. But quite a thing. Wasn't yes, bad. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, had some chance. Got a chance to go down to Lake City this past weekend. It was fun hanging out with oh, some people. Oh yeah, I and, forgot. Uh, yeah, I was going to post bail for you or something there, but uh, you know, I, apparently you made it through the weekend pretty well. You're supposed to. I was trying to keep that on low. You know, let's get in. <laughs> yeah, I say out of jail, so it was a, it was a good weekend. <laughs> well, there you go. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun. It's always fun. Do you do anything fun this weekend? You know, uh, it, I I did. I, we had dinner with another couple down way down in uh, in the rural part of South Jersey at a cool little place that I'd never been to. I need to expand. I've lived in South Jersey for a very long time. But I really don't know the area outside my little, uh, you know, Camden County uh, bubble. So it was cool to get out there in the hinterlands uh, and, and and go to a new place. Yeah, it's cool. There's so many. It's, this place, like, I probably gained 15, 20 pounds eating. There's so many good restaurants down there. It's, uh, I love South Jersey when it comes to food. <laughs> but, yeah. But enough about our stomachs. Uh, I guess we're going to hit it uh, running. We got a chance to go and observe for a few minutes. Rookie minicamp happened this past weekend. The Eagles rookies, the draft picks, undrafted free agents, and also some tryouts came into the Novacare complex to uh, show what they were able to do in front of the coaching staff. And it felt good to see some football again, to see some drills, to see some of these guys running around and getting used to the system. And it was It was very interesting. Uh, we got a chance to also talk to Nicobe Dean. We got a chance to talk to Jordan Davis, Camp Jurgens, all the draft picks. And ahead of time, we also got a chance to speak to Nick Sirianni. Uh, I guess I'll start off with this first, Les. What, what was your initial impressions of this past minicamp? 
Well, it was just good, as you said, to see these guys on the field. They're not really doing anything that uh, gives you any real insight. I mean, they're just trying to learn how to line up, basically. They're not wearing pads or anything like that. But uh, it was just uh, really cool to see everybody. There were a lot of guys that we didn't know anything about who were there on tryouts and things like that. Uh, And, uh, you know, it was – I was glad that they got some people signed going into that. You know, that was a, that's always a good thing to have. And, uh, you know, it's, it was uh, a brief glimpse, but, uh, you know, nobody tore up their knee or <laughs> any of those types of things. Uh, you know, Jordan Davis is a very large man that was confirmed. Uh, and, uh, I, I kind of started to look at guys, uh, uh, like Cal Katera, the sixth round tight end, kind of like, okay, what is, how does he move? What is he, you know, how does he run these patterns? You know, you, you kind of get more than just a, you see him in an Eagles uniform and you get more than just a theoretical sense of, of who these guys are, I guess, is, is one thing I could say. Yeah, it is true, man. You're right, man. So when you got to see Davis so close, it's like, oh, like maybe the cameras are that one. And you look at it, it's like, okay, yeah, it kind of towers over everybody <laughs> when it comes to the scene. It's going to be fun seeing Jason Kelsey and him going head to head in the middle of, of these practices, especially when you look at how big Jason Kelsey is. He's a little smaller compared to Davis, yes, and this is going to yes. be crazy race. And, and then one thing I always thought was interesting as well, too, is there's only one quarterback throwing, so I had a chance to look at Carson Strong and – you know, he was the undrafted free agent that the Eagles signed. He, mm-hmm. he was the only uh, arm that was in there. And looking at the way he was throwing and some of that zip he was putting in the ball, and you you can see why the Eagles were intrigued by him. You know, he, he came out, coming out of Nevada last season. There's a lot of questions about his knee and, and if it was hold yeah. up. You know, he, he was not the most mobile guy. And looking at the way he was throwing the ball, some of those out routes, which I think, especially those deep outs, which are some of the toughest throws to complete, the the ability for him to get the ball out there in a space where they can catch the windows. I think he – and get, get, coupled with the guaranteed money that he received, I think he believes $320,000 in guaranteed money. I think he could be one of those undrafted free agents that, that will compete for a roster spot. And granted, it's Reed Sinnett who he'll be going against, but oh, – I, I not, think they probably expect one. him to be on the roster – either as the backup or as the number three guy, depending on if, if you know, it looks like Gardner Minshew's going to be here, I guess, at this point. W- w- somebody could get hurt somewhere else and change that. But, you know, they didn't trade him during the draft. So, but, uh, yeah, I think they expect Carson Strong to be here. I'd really be interested in knowing. You hear a lot of rhetoric about, oh, man, if it weren't for his knees, this and that. I, I just wonder if scouts really – if they would have liked him better than the guys, the top quarterbacks in this draft, had he been healthy, uh, or not healthy, but had he not had this uh, this background of, of serious knee injuries that has severely limited his mobility, apparently, because um, he certainly has a great arm, as you noted. Uh, I, I would just like to know that. You're, we're never going to really know that because I don't think they know, you know, what they would think if, if he hadn't uh, – you know, had so much trouble injury-wise. But, uh, you know, it it was not a great year for quarterbacks. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting that the Eagles might have gotten maybe the one with the best arm as an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Who would have thought? I mean, because I'm just – just look at some of the, some of the people that were taking me. Brock Purdy, you mean tell me that they thought uh, 
Car- Carson Strong was no better than Brock Purdy as a who yeah. was Mr. Relevant. I just don't. It's craziness, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does uh, from here on out uh, through OTAs and, and eventually in training camp. Now, uh, also take a part as well too. We mentioned Jordan Davis as well too. We also saw Nicobe Dean. You know, we saw him going, working some drills as well too, working laterally, and he looked like he was fine. You know, he mentioned uh, there. We all know that during the draft that there was a lot of stuff going talk about him going on about the pectoral issue. Well, granted, they weren't hitting, but he looked like he was a full participant. And if that's the case, and the Eagles got him in the uh, to play linebacker right there, I think that was a good that was a good uh, pickup for them. And now Dean, along with Jordan Davis, is going to look be part of this new look front seven that the Eagles are going to have now to join with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. Les, when you look at the way that this front seven is now constructed, how impa- how impactful do you think it will be? And do you think it will be able to provide more pressure than what it did last season? Well, I want to know how Brandon Graham really looks uh, going uh, you know into the season before I say for sure, but I definitely think there's a good chance they will. I think they've made strong moves to, to fortify that pass rush. Uh, you know, Hassan Reddick and uh, Jordan Davis. And, you know, it's uh, – if you have a healthy Brandon Graham to kind of take a little of the load off Josh Sweat, maybe split time with him, I don't know how they're going to do that. But, uh, yeah, I think it could be a much better uh, front four. And then front seven, you know, you're talking about adding some linebackers – who can blitz perhaps we didn't see much of that last year with Jonathan Gannon, but they've added some guys that you could send out there. You know, Kieran Johnson thinks he's, uh, or how you pronounce his name? Kyron Johnson. Uh, yeah. Kyron Johnson. Kyron <laughs> Johnson's the running back. Kyron <laughs> Johnson's the, I think he likes to be back linebacker. Our, our and, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of hope we, run out of K-word names uh, that are similar before too long because I'm easily confused. But <laughs> Kyron Johnson thinks he can go out there in a limited role and be like a, a Hassan Reddick, you know, maybe rush from a stand-up position or something like that. So they can do odd fronts. They can do, you know, a lot of different things with that group. And, uh, you know, if Jonathan Gannon is as good as the rest of the league seems to think he is and – Eagles fans weren't that impressed last year, but if he can do what uh, the rest of the league thinks he can do, they ought to be able to really, uh, you know, give some problems to opposing offenses. I I agree. But one thing that I'm really a little skeptical about is what you mentioned, Brandon Graham. I'm also worried about the second line when you're looking at a guy like Derek Barnett, who's returning and. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I know he was a, a lot was expected of him. I mean, he's a former first round draft pick. How many times did you always hear about? Oh, look at this guy's Ben. Look at what his production was. It's is he he broke Reggie White's sack. We've heard all that stuff, but when you yeah. look what he did last year, you got nothing but penalties and, and and got hurries, but you didn't get the the finished product in the form of sacks. And I just think I just think especially when you go on that backside, especially when you have a right hand quarterback, I, I think they need more production out of that right side. I think Josh Sweat can do that, but as we've seen in the past, when it comes to Josh Sweat, you know, he hasn't basically done it for a very long time. And then also you got to worry about the injury concerns with him, too. So I know they can bring a lot of pressure where you got Kaiser White, you got Kyron Johnson, you got all these guys here. Hassan Reddick, you know, you got mm-hmm. him doing the rush side. But I'm I'm a little I hope they get more pressure off the edges. We know the interior should be better. I mean, keyword should. Right. Fletcher Cox gets bad, but it's. A little concerning when it comes on that end on there. So I, I I just sure hope that they get some more pressure from that outside area. So 
it's going to be interesting to see. They got they got a lot of time to do it before training camp, and it gives Jonathan Gannon some time to decide what to do. Just draw up some blitzes, which if he's like, if he's anything like a chess player, it should be pretty interesting to see what yeah. comes from that. And now, well, you know, with Derek Barnett, yeah. I, I really think they're just looking at him right now. With every if everybody's going to be healthy, I think Derek Barnett is basically an upgrade on Ryan Kerrigan last year. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that Derek Barnett is going to be a sub with a very limited role. They didn't really want him back. They kind of took him back when no market developed for him. It was a good price for a guy who still has a lot of mileage left probably and isn't a terrible player. You know, he's just not what they thought when they drafted him. Uh, but he's a, he's a guy you can put out there and not be embarrassed by, I think, most of the time. Uh, last year was his worst year, I thought. Uh, maybe the change in coordinators uh, had to do with that. I don't know. But I, I really think you're looking at Derek Barnett, who's only going to play maybe 20% of the snaps. Hey, Les, I think you got more production than Ryan Kerrigan. Seriously. I think, yeah. you're, I, think you're, I think there's times you did as much as he did. I and mean, if he finished with three tackles last year, yeah. Well, that, that was tough is, to watch, oh, you know. I, that was a guy that if five years ago, whenever the Eagles would play Washington, that would be the guy you would watch. That'd be the guy you would notice on Washington's defense. I mean, he was their best player. Lane Johnson used to talk about him, you know, in the, in, that'd be part of our coverage of the lead up to Washington versus Eagles games would be Lane Johnson talking about Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan destroyed Big V. Uh, in 2016, when Lane was suspended, uh, you know, it's it, and to have him with the Eagles and really just sort of, I don't know, maybe going through the motions is not fair. Maybe he was doing the best he could. But, you know, I would have hung it up, quite frankly, if I were him. I, I know the money was enticing, but if you can't do it anymore, you're really kind of messing with your legacy there i think uh i guess he feels differently one of the the real frustrating things about last season is you didn't because of covid restrictions we you couldn't just walk up to ryan kerrigan's locker and say hey how are you feeling about all this you know <laughs> so i don't know that anybody ever found out how he was feeling about it but uh yeah that was a guy that needed to retire instead of playing one more year yeah, it was. Now I'll ask you a question because you're you're one of the veterans on the beat. Have you ever seen a guy of that stature, that caliber, come to the Eagles and then be, for lack of a better word, disapp- that big of a disappointment when it comes to free agency? You know, I'd have to think about it a little bit. I'm kind of grappling, grasping for for names right now. Uh, the running back from Dallas was it Felix Jones? Uh, uh, Demarco Murray. No, the before no, him, way Jones? before him. So uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Guy who was a really good multi-purpose back, and had played for Dallas. And I know the Eagles had thought about drafting him in the draft that he went in, and he came to the Eagles and just gave them nothing. Now, Demarco Murray <laughs> certainly was a disappointment, but that was more scheme and fit and. You know, the whole team was going up in flames around him. Uh, I think they just basically uh, mischaracterized what DeMarco Murray was. 
But uh, who else would I say? Yeah, it was Felix Jones. Felix Jones, sure. yeah, you're right. Yep, you called yeah. it. 2013, 2013 season. season. He was going to be the backup for McCoy. <laughs> yeah, and oh, he, uh, you know, he started out his career. You know, I remember the draft. He, he played at Arkansas. I remember the Eagles were very high on him. And, uh, you know, I think he was a first-round pick of Dallas, actually. And uh, when the Eagles got him, I was pretty excited. But, no, nah, <laughs> didn't have it anymore. That, that's one thing about that running back position that we've learned is you just can't it, – it, it seems like the shelf life is so brief for the for, – especially for the guys with kind of special talent, you know, uh, you can guys can lug it for three yards of carry for <laughs> forever, but the guys that have that little special something, uh, they just don't seem to have it very long. Yeah, it's craziness. It's crazy. But but I'll tell you one guy who hasn't you know hasn't lost it one step at all. It seems like Dalvin Cook with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean that guy is just, seems to be a monster. And the reason why I bring that up is because we found out on Monday morning we're recording this on a Monday that the Eagles are going to be one of the two. Monday night games on September 19th. The Eagles are going to take the take on the Minnesota Vikings in Lincoln Financial Field and what's going to be the eventual home opener. Now, Les, when you look at this Vikings team, you know, you got Kirk Cousins coming in, who's mm-hmm. on the last year of his deal. You got Dalvin Cook. You got Justin Jefferson, who Eagles fans know all too well. <laughs> but they, but yeah. He's bypassed them. I mean, I, I know it's extremely early and looking on, but what are your thoughts on this pretend, this upcoming matchup for the home opener? Haven't given it one iota of thought yet, Chris. But it's—I uh, <laughs> would say Minnesota is a team not unlike the Eagles. Uh, I don't think Minnesota will be a bad team this year. They'll be in contention for a playoff spot, but I don't think anybody expects the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. Uh, there are a lot of questions. Um, that ought to be a good – we don't know yet what the opener is going to – the real opener is going to be. They're doing this so strangely this year. I guess we'll find <laughs> that out Thursday night. But, uh, you know, this ought to be a good early season test. Uh, it's not a team that's so much better than the Eagles that, you know, they're going to be heavy underdogs. But it's not a team that's – Pick to be at the bottom of the league either. So, you know, it ought to be a pretty reasonable NFC, you know, team that's going to be in the mix with them sort of test of the of the Eagles. I know a lot of fans are excited about the Monday night thing for the home opener. Uh, this is the third year in a row that the Eagles will play their actual opener on the road. And I'm not, you know, too excited about that, depending on where we end up. But uh <laughs> It, it, it again. It's the Phillies. You know, the Phillies are in town that weekend. I, you know, it's it's kind of uh, it's great to have the sports complex down there with all the arenas right together. But there are times when it's kind of a pain in the butt, and this is one of those times. I would not have minded having a, an opener opener at home uh, for <laughs> once. But uh, you know, Monday night the, you, you're going to have a long week to prepare, I assume, and. Uh, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be a marquee event. Yeah, well, I mean, it's and I, I hope that for the Eagles' sake, they don't get like a team like the Cowboys the following week because you'll have a short week to come right after that. That's exactly now, right. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be the that's gonna be rough too. It's like, hey guys, okay. Especially if you get like, say, I don't know, an AFC team that first week. I mean, just imagine, just imagine the first opening game of the 
uh, like basically opening game, you have to go on the road to face the Giants. And then, okay, you get the extra time to come back, prepare for the Vikings. And then, oh, yeah, the third game, you had to go down. I don't know, you either go down to Dallas to take take them on or you have them coming back up. That's going to be a quick, short turnaround. It's, it's, I don't know why they made it this early, but. <laughs> it's, I just don't. I don't get it when it comes to comes to that. I mean, especially also with the eight thirty, the home opener games. You think like you? I know it provides great drama, and you'll have the light, the fireworks going off, and everything. You have the Eagles fans going, but I don't know. Something to me about a home opener being around one or four o'clock, and yeah. Yeah, that traditional. Hey, you know what? Football's back. So I feel. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being me. I don't know. Who knows? Which no, that's that a thing. very good point. <laughs> you know, I don't remember a Monday night home opener. I'm sure there's been one, you know, probably in the time that I've covered the team, but I offhand, I couldn't tell you when, when that's ever happened. It's craziness. It's crazy. But here we go. Finally, uh, when it comes to the Eagles and their personnel department and, and their front office, it's been a kind of a topsy turvy time right now. The Eagles have lost uh, Catherine Raich. She's going to the mm-hmm. Cleveland Browns to join them, their front office in what's believed to be a role to be similar to assistant general manager. The Eagles uh, fired Casey Weidel, the brother of a uh, vice president of player personnel, Andy Weidel. He's on his uh, Casey's on his way out. But then the Eagles recently added Charles Walls from the Cleveland Browns. So effectively, it wound up being a trade. He's going to be wind up being the director of player personnel for the Eagles. Les, what do you make up make of all these moves going on in front office? And how do you foresee this potentially impacting the team long term, especially when it comes to the personnel side? I think it's really concerning, Chris. Uh, These are really smart people that have left and a whole bunch of them at once. And. I've not seen anything quite like it. Even when they've had regime change in the past, there hasn't been this big an exodus from personnel. It's to the Eagles' credit. I think they did see this coming. You know, they talked last year about teams wanting to interview their personnel and that they thought they had some future GMs. I think they said five or something like that, future GMs in the building. So it's not like they were really – blindsided by this, but nonetheless, it's a lot of talent, as I said, and it's hard to replace really good people. Um, You can't just keep promoting from within, you know, sooner or later, you, you just, you know, that well runs dry. I'm glad that they're bringing in wall seems like a pretty sharp uh, uh, voice from outside the organization. I don't know what they're going to do with some of these other jobs. I think there's going to be a little bit of a restructure. I think uh, one problem they have right now, Chris, is that when they hired Andy Weidel to succeed Joe Douglas, I guess it gave him the same sort of uh, title and organizational chart that they had had with Joe. And Joe only reported to Howie Roseman, and is that's the case with Andy. So all of these people that left, some of them have titles that are pretty equivalent to what their titles were with the Eagles. They're not general managers, but they have dominion over personnel. They, they don't re- report to anyone other than the general manager, whereas... Here, Andy Weidel has dominion over personnel, and anybody else working in personnel reports to Andy Weidel before they report to Howie Roseman. You know, 
so there's an extra layer there. Uh, and that under that uh, construct, these people are allowed to leave to take what in some ways are lateral move jobs. Um, <laughs> but you, you have to also, you want to talk about uh, the fact that, and this is a little uncomfortable, that Howie Roseman, people don't tend to work with Howie for more than a few years. You know, it's, he attracts good people. In many ways, he does a good job. I mean, it's hard to find a trade that Howie ever loses on paper anyway. You know, Um, there are things that he does very, very well. He's smart. He's been around a long time. Uh, And he, like I said, he hires good people, but for whatever reason, those relationships don't tend to last. And uh, maybe it's because Howie himself is pretty young still to be a GM. And if you're working for him, you know, you're not going to get his job anytime soon. (laughs) But I think he's also kind of a difficult guy, you know, and I think uh, people get tired of his energy to put it kindly, his uh, <laughs> drive, his perfectionism. Um, you know, I think he's, he's like a tough coach. You know, he has a shelf life with people. And there's a point where people just don't want to be around that anymore, you know. And uh, I don't know what – I don't know if that's going to be a huge problem for the Eagles going forward, but it's something to watch. It really is. Yeah, because not only did, not only we mentioned Catherine Race leaving. I mean, Andrew Barry left a couple a couple years ago, based to go to the Browns. Ian Cunningham is now the assistant general manager of the Bears. Brandon Browns, the assistant general manager of the Giants. I mean, this those are a lot of that's a lot of like experience that you lost, the institutional knowledge that you lost. Not only of and they now know how the Eagles operate. I know you can tweak things here or there, but if they had conversations over time, they started to get to see these ways guys think and they know way how what they're looking the team's looking for when it comes to the offense, it, it starts to add up over time. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see some internal stuff, but I mean we've heard Jim Jim Nagy the guy mm-hmm. who runs the Reese's Senior Bowl down down in Mobile, Alabama, we heard the Eagles inter- interviewed him. I wouldn't be surprised if they took like they spoke talk to a guy like Thomas Dimitrov as well too, another former general manager who has experience looking over rosters, looking at running the talent, running personnel talent, stuff like that. He came from the college side. He's another guy I wouldn't mind the Eagles taking a look at if you just want to restock that front mm-hmm. office and, and try to get sync. It's just. Over time, you can they've the Eagles have been lucky when it comes to restocking their front office and finding these people. But there comes a time when it gets tougher, tougher, and it won't necessarily work out. And you got to worry about what's going to cost them wins in the long term. And especially is pivotal, especially next year when you have two first round picks. It, it, you kind of need to make sure you got a hit on them. So, to, to for whatever you help you need in that front office, they better find it soon and, and get them in early so they can start that scouting process for twenty twenty three. Uh, I guess yeah, in to this that one, vein, I was a little surprised, Chris, that they're getting rid of Tom Donahoe as an advisor. Tom is, yeah. uh, you know, former general manager of the Steelers and Bills. He's been around a long time. Most fans here only know him from that video from the 2021 draft where <laughs> uh, Tom wanted one player and they drafted Milton Williams instead. And uh, Howie ran around the room fist bumping everybody, and Tom was like very uh, reluctant to uh, to celebrate <laughs> with him. Um, but you know, Tom 
isn't really in charge of anything or wasn't. To me, it was perfect to have a voice like that, especially if you're going to be having a lot of change in the people setting up the scouting and doing the scouting, to have some continuity with the people who are kind of watching that operation and advising you on that operation made a lot of sense to me, but I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense to them. Uh, I don't know if Tom wanted to retire. It certainly wasn't uh, presented that way when Jeff McLean from the Inquirer uh, wrote a story about it. Uh, you know, nobody has talked to Tom. Uh, you know, I, I'd be real curious as to what the genesis of that was and why it was necessary. I mean, you can have... There's no salary cap for executives. You can have as many advisors as you want. And uh, I thought Tom's advice was usually pretty good advice. He was there a good while after leaving yeah. the Bills and uh, certainly was a mentor to Andy Weidel uh, going back to Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I think this increases, along with the firing of Andy's brother, Casey, I think Tom's departure increases the uh, possibility that Andy's going to be moving on too, possibly as the... Uh, the general manager of the Steelers, or maybe for something else. I don't know. Yeah, he comes from a great, Andy comes from a very good background. He was part of that Ozzie Newsom collective down there, the Baltimore Ravens, and he knows the scouting and know that. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Eagles front office from here on out. And I guess we're going to our final thoughts. Les, do you have any final thoughts you have about this Eagles team or heading to the offseason? Yeah, I'll give you one. I, I still think they need a big move at corner. Uh, I, I, maybe they don't need one at safety. They have Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris, and they can probably get by with that. Um, maybe pick up a sub somewhere along the lines that gets somebody gets cut. But at corner, I just don't think they have a second starting corner who's ready to play right now. Uh, and, and the Giants are about ready to cut one. Uh, James Bradbury not the guy that wrote Fahrenheit 451, but uh, the football player. <laughs> good, play, um, good reference. Pretty good player. Not a great player. Kind of like Steven Nelson last year. I think Pro Football Focus gave him a slightly higher grade than they gave Nelson for this past season. And I thought Nelson was okay. I didn't think he was wonderful, but I thought he filled what they needed pretty well. Uh, I think if Bradbury is ready to take that kind of contract and, you know, have a big free agency next year, um, that would be a good fit with the Eagles. I don't see signing him to any kind of long-term deal or, you know, giving him real money. Uh, I think there's an indication from something I saw that maybe he thinks he's going to get released and really hit the market and teams are going to be bidding and all. You know, I don't think that happens very much in May. Uh, I, I think you have to be really special to, cause teams have spent their money, you know, in May. Um, I think you have to be like a really great player for that to, to take place. Those things happen in March. Uh, but you know, that's the name I would keep an eye on. There's some other guys out there, Trey Waynes, a uh, couple others, but they got to, I think they have to sign a corner before training camp. That's my final thought. I like that. A very good one. Mine's I'm going to go on the opposite side of the ball and I'm going to look at the running back position because it's another week that's gone by and we still don't know what's going on right now with Miles Sanders and his long-term future with this team. You know, the Eagles bypassed selecting a running back in the draft this year and I, you just look at that position. I know running backs don't have the value that they used to have back 
say five, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. But when you look at it, you got a guy who's a potential top 15 running back, probably top 12 running back, who is, when he's healthy, can produce and be electric at times, for, for lack of a better words, because you see what he can do. He can break 70-yard runs, and he can also run on the inside, and he can catch the ball out the backfield. And you see a guy like that, and there's no extension on the table. It's really mum right now on that front, and you don't know what the future is. And if when you look at the – for the long term of that position right now, the only guy you know that you're going to have beyond next year is Kenneth Gainwell, who's a very nice player. It's still mm-hmm. a lot of improvement about him. We don't know what's going on. So still kind of a gadget player, not really a, a guy that's going to be out there in every situation. Right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, okay, you're going to run a jet sweep. You're going to run a screen. That's pretty much the te- defense has got accustomed to seeing when he saw on the field it was like oh well, here comes a passing play except for the, somehow the goal line he was he became a great goal line running back but yeah it, it, there's too many questions on that uh, when it comes to that position and i think that's a for good the point sake, that's a really that good point chris yeah, i just wonder craziness. if they if they know exactly what miles sanders is and how long he's going to be good you know we talked about the short shelf life of running backs miles has had a lot of injuries Bruce uh, Staley used to insist that Miles could become like a uh, an every down running back, uh, workhorse running back. That that hasn't happened, and uh, you know it hasn't happened because of injuries. Basically, uh, I just I don't know that they're that comfortable investing money in Miles Sanders. You know, and and we'll see. You know how that goes, how that sits with Miles, and uh, you know what they end up doing out of this. It's crazy. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch heading into training camp. But hey, while we're going into training camp, make sure you subscribe to Eagles Extra, our text service, where we go ahead and we break news and we'll have conversations like this. We have Q and A's. Probably going to do one this upcoming Friday as well too. So if you're an Eagles Extra subscriber, make sure you send your questions in. We'll remind you on there. Also, when it comes to this podcast, make sure you leave us a review here, five stars if possible. If you like what's going to do. Tell less some leave less your restaurant suggestions down here in South in, in South Jersey. It's something to go for as well too. And we always love to hear from you guys. So that's it. Thank you guys very much for listening. For less, I'm Chris. Enjoy the rest of your day.